Hi, welcome to another episode of The Postscript. This is Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series. I'm Brandon Briscoe, and I'm here this week with Dan Renault, pastor of Living Faith Lee Summit, uh, a, a recent church plant of the last three years. And we've been talking about church planning. We've been talking about discipleship in the last couple segments. This week, we're going to talk about uh, what Pastor Dan preached at a recent retreat uh, with our College and Young Adult Ministry here at Midtown Baptist Temple. It was a really edifying and strengthening time. And so we're going to have a conversation about what he taught. And so welcome back, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to, good to have you here. It's been These interviews have been particularly easy, is what we've been talking about. I'm, I've been really intimidated by, you know, like Alan Shelby and Greg Axe. You're not... I'm not intimidated. No, 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 no. I Which has been good for me. I understand. That. <laughs> uh, but you're also like my best friend, so it makes this pretty easy. It's been fun. It has been fun. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about Jeremiah now, and uh, and our time at the retreat was so awesome. It was a it was a lot of fun for me to to be preaching with you that weekend. Yeah. And um, our messages lined up so well. Yes. God was all over that retreat, and we've seen uh, in our young people a, a huge response. You know, there's been a lot of brokenness, a lot of refocusing, uh, really good, hard questions being asked uh, even now, a month after the retreat. And so I'm looking forward to recapping some of what we talked about and just to talk about it in terms of the, the church at large yeah. a little bit. So I'm going to start by reading, may I? Yeah, uh, please. Uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, which is where you were at the retreat. So Jeremiah 1, 4 says, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord." Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this, this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So maybe you could just briefly recap uh, the most significant things that you shared with us. Yeah, it was uh, in the summer months, and I was just reading through Jeremiah. It was just my daily reading. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really studying it. And at the same time, uh, I was privy to you know some things that were happening in Kaya. And for certain people who I dearly love, I noticed that, that God was allowing them to go through some trying times, mm -hmm. times of testing and, and times of attack on, on different accounts. And it just so happened that that's where I was in my reading, and I and I really believed that that God was telling me that this is the passage that I need to speak on to both challenge Kaya because God has been using that ministry; it's been growing, uh, it's been fruitful, it has been a discipleship ministry. I, I look back, and it's just it, it's such a a beautiful thing for me to to see it from the outside. Uh, but at the same time, I, I thought, I wonder if this is what God is doing, if He is refining the mm, work, if He's, right. if he's mm. with all of the growth, with all of the growth, that it, is it time now where He's wanting to prune? Mm -hmm. And I just felt that that's what the Lord was, was speaking to me about, and I believe that that was evident yeah. in, in your messages in Jonah as well. 
And so I just kept looking at the passage. I kept reviewing it. And I really kind of got focused on 9 and 10 where, well, even even earlier, God says, don't say you're a child. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you everything that you need to speak to this to this people. And, and he says not only to... Uh, to the individuals of, of, of Israel, but to nations and, and to kingdoms, that God was going to use him in that way. And I believe that that's what God wants to do. And, and what, I, what I was seeing for Kaya is mm-hmm. that God wants the young adults, the college students of Kaya at Midtown to be used to rock this world and the mm-hmm. nation and kingdoms mm-hmm. with the gospel. I just believe it's possible. And I believe what was needed, though, was a refining um, and so, yeah, I, I focused on to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and, and to plant. Mm. And when you look at those words, when you think of root out, you think of weeds. I think that's pretty easy. Uh, and there's these hidden things of dishonesty, hidden things that no one knows about, except for God, obviously, and mm. you. Uh, but we hold on to them. And God was telling Jeremiah that this is the, this is what God is going to do in you. This is or this is what you're going to be doing in, in others. And uh, but I believe that before we can be used to see that happen in the nations, that God needs to do that in us. Right. And so I started with with rooting out that God wants to root out those hidden things of dishonesty out of our lives. Mm. And from that, God says, well, well, now I want you to pull down. And when you look at that that word in the Old Testament, you find that. So often he's speaking of pulling down idols in the high places, right. in the groves. And so God is not only saying to, to pull down or to root out those, those weeds, those things that shouldn't be growing in you. They're yeah. hidden for a while. They're hidden. They're beneath the surface. We don't even see right. them. Yeah. And then, but secondly, besides just pulling out and exposing it to the light of God's word and to the light of the body and to the light of, of just the Holy Spirit, we also need to pull down the idols. Right. And that's a challenge for all of us. But I especially believe that if you give this message to young adults, that they can now make a choice. They don't have to make the mistakes that the rest of us have made mm-hmm. when we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. They're, they're still young, and they can still begin right now saying, oh, I, I can see these idols in my life, and I'm going to pull them down. Right. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, you know, it says, casting down these imaginations that, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Right. They actually... They're actually exalting themselves, and they need to be cast down or pulled down. The next word was destroy. Uh, With destroy, you see that that means to pulverize. It means to completely decimate. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that you have root out, you know, pull down. But then what do you do with the weeds? What do you do with the idols? You need to stamp it out so much so. And you need God to do that, Mm -hmm. to where he would destroy those things, those habits, those behaviors. And frankly, they never need to be seen again. Uh, not just that I've pulled it down and I still see the idol, I still see the weeds occupying my life. God wants us to stamp it out. He wants us to pulverize it. You even see passages in the Bible that speak of the, the brook Kadron mm-hmm. and how Israel was to put those old idols or those things that needed to be gone forever, put it in the brook and let it wash it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's funny. So you root out, you pull down, you destroy, but the next one is is throw down, and you think, well, that sounds like pull down, you know? Right. Yeah. And so the difference in that is is it's an overthrow, because the one thing that still remains, even after I've rooted out, I've 
pulled down, I've destroyed, the thing that remains is me, mm-hmm. my flesh. Mm-hmm. And what has to happen, even after I've cleaned my whole life up, you think of Luke 11, mm-hmm. right, with, with the man who, who cleaned up his house, but yet he never replaced the garbage with God. Mm-hmm. He never, he never you know, put back in what needed to be in. So he was a clean slate. He was pure. He was holy. All of those bad things were gone. But then what happens is the demon comes back and, and he brings other demons with him. And, and the end of that man is worse than the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times Christians, and especially young adults, we will we'll clean house. We'll go to a camp. We'll go to a retreat. We'll hear a great message, mission focus or, or whatever that is. And okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to root out. I'm going to pull down. I'm, I'm going to destroy. It. These things are gone. And then we leave ourselves barren and empty. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we need, a, we need an overthrow. We need, we need the new man, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to overthrow the old man and to declare, I'm in charge now. The flesh, you're not in charge anymore of this, of this body. Mm-hmm. And so we need that overthrow. And, all, and I think it's one of the most critical points. You know, we, we, we can visualize rooting out. We can visualize pulling down and destroying. But throw down and kind of, oh yeah, overthrow. Yeah, because it can be really spiritual. It's the principalities and powers that are invisible to us in many regards. Uh, but then also the nature of our flesh. I mean, if we're not introspective and repentant by nature, there are things that are going on in terms of, um, you know, false authority in our yeah. lives mm-hmm. that, that we, they can go completely unseen. Well, and we, we find new idols to mm-hmm. build up, and, and we find new things that can come in to, to our temple. Uh, and so then finally, if you, if you throw down, though, you, you then have the opportunity where God can build again. Right. That building, that temple of God can be built. And the cool thing is the last thing is plant. You know, he's pulling out the weeds so that he can now plant in you seeds of, of repentance and, 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 and honestly, fruit. That's the whole goal. The whole goal of Jeremiah chapter 1 is that we would be fruitful. Mm-hmm. That's what God always desires is that his people would be fruitful and we have to go through all these things. And so I was excited to teach it. Uh, I'm, I'm still excited as I go over it uh, you know, on my own and with our church uh, back in Lee Summit. But it was a really impactful message for me. Important. Well, it was really good for us. And, and I think I wanted to bring this into our interview today because I think it has broader application, not just for young people. Obviously, it was, it was geared towards our college and young adult ministry. But I think there's also this aspect for which um, adult followers of Jesus Christ, mature believers, we maybe once upon a time had a moment or or a season of life where, where we were about this work. Um, but but what can happen is that we don't do this as a as a way of we don't recognize this as a point of maintenance as well. Yeah, and I think I think we fall prey to new and cunning devices in our life, uh, new roots. Uh, new edifices that build themselves up. Um, Satan creates new uh, devices to and establishes them in our life that mm-hmm. take that take a position of authority. It could be our yeah. family. It could be seems subtle like good things. Yeah, very much. It could be so. our family. It could be our job. It could be um, so. Maybe talk about like the church in general. Let's like if we're talking about beyond even just the local church, but the, the church as a whole, the, the Christian church in 2019, what, how do you think this applies um, to the character of the church? Well, you know, the Word of God says that we should examine ourselves daily, whether mm-hmm. we are in the faith. 
And I believe that a lot of times, and maybe we can say those who have been saved for a while, um, we believe that we're okay with God or that we're cool Mm -hmm. because we are continuing to do all of the things that Christians do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet there's not that real examination. And I think that this passage, we, we could talk about the historical and the doctrinal application to the nation of Israel. You know, we could get into the weeds of that. But really, I believe that God also gave, gave us this passage for us mm-hmm. to where we can inspirationally say, where am I? And, and secondly, is God doing this in me? Because the, the result of me personally rooting out and pulling down and destroying and throwing down, all those things, is so I can be used of God in that way in the nations. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that it's so critical that, that whether you're a college and young adult or, or you're a saint that's been saved for decades, we have to ask ourselves whether or not we're being used in this work. And if you're not, if, if you're not fruitful, then I believe that, that there's a good question you should be asking. About your sanctification. I think so. And, and, and it's, I mean, Jeremiah had, we, we know, no fruit in his life. Now he's had millions of, of you know, examples of fruit following mm-hmm. his, his passing. And so I think sometimes we love to preach that. Jeremiah had no fruit. No, he had a lot of fruit. Right. It wasn't in his time. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have to ask, am I, am I fruitful? Like, just to look at my life. And then we have to then, if I'm not, which many times I think if we're honest, we have to say, no, I'm not fruitful. Right. I'm not bearing fruit. I'm not bringing people to Christ. I'm not discipling. I'm not active in ministry to where people's lives are being changed. If right. that's the case, this is simple. It's a simple thing to look at in the scriptures. And, and But it's a difficult thing to do. So so the examination <laughs> becomes, am I fruitful? Uh, you know, you know, are there godly um, structures in my life? Am I, am I who it is that I'm supposed to be as a missionary? as an evangelist, as a discipler? Am I who I'm supposed to be? And if I look around and I don't see the byproduct of people's lives changed, I don't see people following me, then the next thing to do is to go, is to go backwards in, in, you know, using yeah. this mm-hmm. passage inspirationally and see if there are things that need to be rooted up or, or pulled down or thrown down in our lives. And I, and I think that that's a really difficult process for a person to go to through because they first have to recognize that they're not fruitful. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're, we're honest, there's a lot more people who aren't fruitful than we imagine. We, we look at our lives and maybe we're not quite as fruitful as we think we are. Well, what is it that's vaunting itself up against God yeah. that's prohibiting me from being the sanctified missional believer that I'm supposed to be? Yeah, we're, we're rich and increased with goods. Mm. And we don't know that we're actually poor and wretched and blind and naked and miserable. And we, we have nothing to offer God, and yet we, mm-hmm. we vaunt ourselves, we exalt ourselves against the knowledge of God. And it is imaginations. It's vain imaginations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if we could be a people that would examine ourselves um, and that would not be satisfied with just doing church, yeah. ministry, and serving, but that we would go back to God's Word. Because I think we, 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 can, we can look at verse 10, root out, pull down, destroy. But verse 9 is critical because it says that I've put my word in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And so the question is for us, is God's word in my mouth? It's not that you memorized a passage when you were 15 or 10 or 5 mm-hmm. or that you know the Great Commission. Or It's not about knowledge. It's, it's once again about virtue. Mm-hmm. And it's whether or not God's word is 
actively in your yeah. in your life and and in your mouth actually Joshua 1:8 mm-hmm. uh, that is where our courage is going to come that's where our strength is going to come right. as as believers and so i think the the way we we combat that that callous nature to our walk with God is is a consistent walk of, with God in our in our in our lives in, in his word in, in our yeah. lives are we are we practicing the putting of his word into our mouth like into our mind is it in is it written on our eyelids is it is it written on our heart and if it is uh if that work is being done well then it then it actually empowers the rest of this work doesn't it uh, absolutely well there's there that's the only way right jeremiah says i can't do this mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a god, child. god is like well yeah you are but don't mm-hmm. say you're a child because i've put your my words in your mouth and so because my words are in your mouth root out Mm-hmm. Because my words are in your mouth, pull down. Mm. You yeah, destroy. These are the things that I'm going to do because my word is in you. If it's not, good luck. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think about too. I mean, especially dealing with young people. And I'm, but I'm sure that this is there's excuses abound in every age group. But people are afraid to minister with the um, the radicalism that we see among the the examples in scripture, whether it be Jeremiah in his day or Paul and Peter in their day, mm-hmm. right? I think that there's a fear in terms of our ability to witness, our, uh, a fear about whether or not we will, our words will be received. You know, the same way Jeremiah had that same exact fear. Yeah, yeah. Will my words be received? What do you say uh, to Christians um, in 2019 who are um, post in a post-Christian society, in a secular world where it seems like everything is against them in terms of their faith. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you say? Well, you, you mentioned the apostles or, or Paul, you know, and, and I really think that in many churches, the apostles would not be welcome mm-hmm. because of their radical behavior, that they would ac- absolutely be disrupting our church services mm. because of, of how ra- we, we say radical, but, but reasonable mm-hmm. their ministries were. Um, or if they, if they would be welcome, they wouldn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't want to join us. And, and, and we're not even, you're not even talking about apostolic gifting. We're talking about the boldness yeah. of their witness. I'm yeah. speaking of their, of their ability to obey God and his word and, and we obviously know that the perfect example of that would be Christ and, and how he obeyed the Father. But then as we see it in Paul and, and, and the different apostles and, and the leaders of, of God's church, and we see it throughout history, mm-hmm. good men and women, women of a God who, who stood for something. I don't believe that many of them would be interested in participating in what we call ministry. Uh, and for that, I think that's a, that should be a gut check. Mm-hmm. You know, that should be something where we start saying, would, would Christ want to be here? I mean, we, we got ministries throughout our cities that are advertising on Facebook or whatever, and, and they're just, they're advertising crazy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, is this what Christ died for? Mm-hmm. And so instead of um, going against commercialism, consumerism, we just, we, we say we want two helpings. We want more of it. And so what, what the church needs today 
is not to be odd, not to be strange or weird, but but to be peculiar. Mm-hmm. And to be to be so focused on God's word and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we would be perceived as radical. Mm-hmm. And, and especially for our young adults, they need to know that that whatever they're giving up uh, is 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 junk in right. comparison to what they're gaining mm-hmm. by living that right, pure, and holy walk with God. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's clearly, I mean, maybe not clearly, but as far as I can see, that the, the field is white unto harvest. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that, that um, you know, I don't think Christ said that tongue-in-cheek. I don't think he was being facetious. No, I, think, right. I think the field is white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. And I think the thing that's preventing laborers is that they have forgotten that God's words are in their mouth and that that's yes. the most powerful thing. That is the word of God. Mm-hmm. You can't pretty up the, the most beautiful diamond the world has ever known. I, I, I sometimes will use this example. Um, so you have this beautiful gem and you're going to put paint on it. Mm. You know, you're going to, and what you end up doing is blocking out yeah. the light, the, the glory, the, the beauty of this thing, because you're going to make it better. You're going to doll it up. You're yeah, gonna yeah. Make it palatable. I'm going to make, make the it... gospel more relevant. And it's mm-hmm. like, give me a break. Yeah. You, you are, I am. Okay. Right. And it, it, but it is the tendency, and, and of course, I think among our fellowship of churches, we understand the vanity that's involved there. But then I think what happens, though, is that we, we, we castigate those individuals who are wrapped up in Christian culture or uh, Christian fame or even just like a, a neglect of God's word and, and focusing on making the gospel more palatable, seeker-friendly perspectives. We have, we have a tendency to reject those things, but, but, but I think what you're saying, and I think what I'm saying too, is that a lot of times, what are we replacing that with then? Like, what are we actually standing for? Because we say that we hold God's word, but are we going out and laboring? Are we going into the field? And, and I think we, you know, we mentioned Peter and Paul earlier. Uh, Peter made it clear he wasn't a respecter of persons just the way God wasn't a respecter of persons. He was practicing what... God had asked of him that he was not going. He was going to obey God rather than man. Mm-hmm. And so we think that we're radical a lot of times when we're not. Is what I'm. Is, is I guess what I'm getting at. Well, we're not radical at all. I mean, mm-hmm. we we're we're unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Really, our service is is if we're honest, um, our churches, mm-hmm. us. You know, and I, I can't talk for all of the churches in the fellowship, but I, I would imagine that most of the pastors in our fellowship would agree. That there's a spirit of, of apathy, mm-hmm. and uh, in this age, I, I think when when you consider maybe the the different you know groupings of Christians who maybe wouldn't do it the way we do it, I think our answer to that is isolation. <laughs> so we we poo poo what they're doing, and we oh they, they don't even believe the Bible, and they don't believe this, and they don't believe that, and what are we doing? We get afraid and we turn inward. Yes, and so yeah. we reject culture. And there's so many things about culture that that is dangerous, and mm-hmm. and, there, and our culture is shifting in, in a really radical way, if we want to use that word again. But what am, am I supposed to run away? Am I supposed to isolate myself? Am I supposed to be some monk that climbs a, a pole? You know, I mean, right? That's ridiculous. We need to stop complaining about the spirit of Christianity today, and lead it. Yeah. And the only way we're going to do that is with the Word of God. Yeah. It's necessary. And so, you know, to that point, uh, I mean, we're doing the work 
between our, you know, our philosophy of biblical discipleship, um, you know, LFBI, the fellowship of churches, we're, we're joining together, we're working together, we're looking for, we're trying to create a spirit of unity. But all that can fail, I suppose, right, if there isn't also a great desire for the lost and for being used and for being, I guess, humiliated, you know, open to humiliation, open to brokenness, open to being um, rejected. Um, because, you know, I was talking to James Fife about this the other day, without, without great risk, there's no great reward, you know, with if, the more meager your investment, the more meager your returns. Yeah. And I think that that were, is where we could be, regardless of how much LFBI we get. I don't know. I think if we, okay, what's the motivation of our right doctrine? Well, we have, we have, we have the word of God. We believe every single word. We believe that it has been preserved unto every generation. And I don't say that mockingly. I, we do. We, yeah, we, we, we believe, believe that. that. Yeah, in every regard. To what purpose? Mm -hmm. To be right? To win? Mm -hmm. you know, to, to be able to clown everyone around us? To, to be able to, from some high horse, you know, speak down on, on our Christian brothers and sisters who we will see in heaven mm -hmm. for eternity? Mm -hmm. Now, is there a reason for right doctrine? My goodness, yes, yeah. absolutely. Is, is it imperative? Yes. But what's the motivation? Why do I hold to this? So I can have an intellectual argument, so I can you know, sound smarter than you know, this brother or this sister? Or is it truthfully so that I can make disciples, not just of my generation, but of generations to come who will hold the book as the authority of their lives? Sure. So my motivation for a passage like this or, or for this examination or to be sanctified believers that are following God's word, the motivation is the lost. Mm -hmm. And it's to honor my, my dad. To love and value the things that God loves and values. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I, we're going we're gonna to put a cap right there. But uh, thank you for sharing from Jeremiah. Um, thank you for this conversation just about the church. And, and so we want to invite you back. Uh, we're going to have one more interview with Pastor Dan Renault next week. But we want to invite you to, to go and, and find the LFBI.org website. Check out uh, what Living Faith Bible Institute is. Uh, visit our Facebook page. Uh, also, be willing to go and, and write a review. If, if you're really enjoying this podcast, it's been beneficial to you. If a conversation like today's uh, touches you and edifies you, strengthens you in some way, write a review and, and, and let us know uh, how God is using this podcast. Also, take some time to visit the YouTube channel. Um, if, if you enjoy watching the video, that makes it easier to listen in. Then we want to invite you to, to check out the Postscript YouTube channel as well. I want to thank Pastor Dan again for being with me, and we'll see you next week.